this is William Gargan again. I walked into the office of a business friend the other day to keep a luncheon appointment and found that on his work pile desk he had one of those little signs that you two no doubt have often seen on desks or walls, especially in business establishments. Each sign has one big printed word, think. While waiting, I read the newspaper, and when he was about ready to join me a few moments later, I jabbed a forefinger at several news stories, assortedly dated to Washington, Formosa, Moscow, and Berlin, and said, uh, Joe, from the mess the world's in, uh, we'd better change signs like this one to another word, pray. He thought about that for a moment, then he replied, Bill, I believe my little sign is better than you imagine. If a man thinks at all, he's certain to pray. Any thinking man knows that our problems are so great that we must have help from above. Thinking of God's love for man and of man's perpetual dependence upon God, well, isn't that very thought a prayer in itself? I saw the point and hastened to agree. Clear thinking and prayer can sometimes be the same thing. What better thing is there to pray for right now but that God will favor us with some clear thinking? In other words, wisdom. And my friend added another thought that's been running through my mind ever since. A world of prayer will be a world of peace. Once again, family theater reminds you, the family that prays together stays together. After Barry Craig went off the air, Bill Gargan continued to occasionally host Family Theater. He also made films, Miracle in the Rain and the Rawhide Years. He starred on the West Coast stage in the version of The Desperate Hours for Randy Hale, and went to Europe to film 39 episodes of The New Adventures of Martin Kane for Ziv Productions. In 1960, Hale was set to cast Gargan on stage in The Best Man, but about with laryngitis, forced Gargan to get some tests on his throat done. It was throat cancer. Doctors were forced to remove his larynx on November 10, 1960. A breathing stoma was cut into the bottom of his throat. A man whose voice made him famous no longer had one. For a time, he was depressed. Friends Bing Crosby, Dennis Day, Phil Harris, Alice Fay, and many others came by. It helped. Gargan couldn't bear the thought of not speaking again. He made his first vocal lesson through the American Cancer Society in January of 1961. It took him more than a year, but by the following February he was making progress. The ACS was looking for a Southern California vice chairman for their 1962 drive. Gargan agreed to serve. In 1963 he met President Kennedy. He had a meeting set with the president for November 23rd. It was one that President Kennedy never made it to. By then, his brother Ed was ill with diabetes and emphysema. He passed away in 1964. That year, Gargan was hired by the ACS for their full-time national staff. Within three years, Gargan mastered esophageal speech. He wouldn't use a vocal amplifier and worked tirelessly to be able to speak in both low and high tones. Bill thanked his wife Mary for refusing to let him give up and for his faith that kept him asking why. And that's what he titled his autobiography, why me? 
By then he knew the answer. Bill Gargan spent the next two decades raising money, awareness, and the spirits of fellow cancer patients around the country. On February 16, 1979, while on a flight between New York and San Diego following a tour lecturing for the ACS, Gargan suffered a fatal heart attack. He was 73. William Dennis Gargan is buried at Holy Cross Cemetery in San Diego, California. <laughs> 